the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, it is the Mess It Up Podcast, and we are coming to you uh, coast to coast here. I got people uh, on the West Coast, and I'm still here in beautiful Tennessee, so we're doing a Zoom call, trying this thing out, seeing how that works. And um, we will be talking about uh, church in the virus era, uh, and I've got a couple of pastor friends who will be joining us a little bit later. I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on with the show here uh, so you can keep track of us. We are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, uh, and just if you look for Mess It Up Podcasts or Messed Up Ministries, you can find us there. On Reddit, we have a subreddit account called Messed Up Ministries, um, so you can look for us there as well and join the conversation. Always love to have people uh, join in and talk and, and um, just be part of the community. So don't hesitate to look us up and participate. A lot of times I uh, will give away some Starbucks cards. So it's always a good idea to follow us on those uh, social media outlets and listen for our hashtag games that we play from time to time. Uh, the word of the week this week is one that I think is kind of fun. And uh, it, it's one that sounds very old timey and it is sunder as in it was torn asunder and sunder means just simply uh, split apart. When something is split apart, it is sunder. Uh, and right now our churches and um, lives have sort of been, uh, you know, done that way to us. So I thought, well, that's a fun little word to use. So I decided we would use that word for our word of the week. Uh, so if you can use that in a sentence this week, give yourself 10 bonus points uh, for each time that you use it. And if you can't, well, keep on trying and uh, let us know uh, how that goes for you. So uh, I think that's all I got. Oh, no, I want to tell you my email. Uh, if you want to email the show with uh, show ideas or input, it is bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com or you can enter, uh, mail, email intern Dave at info at messituppodcast.com. Also, you can always sponsor the show uh, by going to messituppodcast.com and clicking on the Become a Patron link. Uh, I have been having problems with my hosting service, and they're trying to get it nailed down. I was just on the line with the um, uh, tech support today, uh, but the podcast, the podcast website hasn't been updating since show 98, apparently, and we're here on show uh, 107, something like that. So hopefully by the time you hear this show, it's been fixed. Uh, but um, you can click on the button that says become a patron and for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show financially. Uh, and anybody who sponsors the show at any level will get a free digital copy of my new book, still in beta, because God's not done with me yet. He's still working on me. Um, so I will get you a, a free digital copy of the uh, book when you become a patron, and that is at any level you want to do. So even if you want to do it at a dollar a month, this is a great way to get the book for a dollar. You can do it for a dollar and then cancel your subscription and, and get a $5 book for $1 if you're, uh, if you're a bargain hunter like that. I won't be mad at you. I'll scratch my head and think, hmm, what did I do wrong? But uh, you can still do that if you want to. Uh, also, um, the book is out. Uh, it'll be coming out in paperback soon. It'll be on Apple Books soon. Uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, it's on both of those platforms, but as I record, it is not quite, but it is on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and search for Paul Pippin, still in beta, uh, that should show up. And uh, we appreciate you uh, buying the book, uh, giving us a recommendation and a rating 
um, and um, writing a review. Same thing for the podcast. If you can go on and give a review and a rating, that really helps more people find the word. And uh, that's what we want. So that is all of my upfront spiel. And now on with the show. So I've got two wonderful guests. I was um, trying to think of who I could have on the show to talk about how the whole coronavirus lockdown is affecting churches. And my mind immediately went to these two people because they are not only two of the finest pastors that I know, but they are probably my two closest friends as well. So, uh, and they just got to meet each other today. Um, so uh, it's a bummer because they're so far away. Uh, so we're going to start in Ridgecrest. Uh, tell us who you are, uh, listener in Ridgecrest. Hi, my name is Heather. I am the um, interim pastor at RCA Church in Ridgecrest. Yeah, last time Heather was on the show, she was the youth pastor. Uh, at uh, in Ridgecrest, and that was gosh, almost two years ago now, kid. Um, yeah, it was wild. In, it, it was in June or May or something like that of our first year. So uh, yeah, coming up on two years. Anyhow, go back and listen to Pastor Heather's old shows. I want to say it was sometime around show number nine, ten, eleven, twelve, something like that. Uh, and then we've got another returning guest to the show from up in beautiful Portland. Tell us who you are. Uh, I'm Pastor Dan Paxton from. Uh... Portland. I have a live in a small town called uh, Milwaukee, pastor church in Oregon City. Nice. So Milwaukee, if you don't know, is the town where Laverne and Shirley was filmed. And uh, Dan is uh, the pastor to Laverne and Shirley or something like that. Maybe right. it's the wrong state. I don't know. Maybe I make things up, but it is <laughs> Milwaukee, Oregon. There's no brewery. No brewery. Yeah. So, um, so you guys have uh, been pastor Dan. How long have you been? Uh, and tell us your church. Uh, let us know. Uh, do a little plugging for your churches here, people. Um, Dan, how can we find your church online? Uh, you can. Uh, we get most of our interaction through the Facebook page at Redemption Oregon City, and then uh, we have a website, RedemptionOC.org. Okay. And, and your Redemption Church in uh, beautiful Oregon City, Oregon, yeah. which is right next to Milwaukee, which is right next to Portland. Sort of. It's kind of in the middle of a tri-city area. Oh, wow. The Metroplex. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. And then, uh, Heather, how can we find you online? Sure. Um, we have our online webpage, www.rcachurch.com. We have our RCA Church app. If you want, you can connect with us through that. It's just RCA Church. And then we have our um, social media platforms, which are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So it's just Google RCA Church Ridgecrest. Awesome. So before all of this happened, uh, both of you were doing some online presence with uh, video and church, correct? A little bit. So um, do you feel like that helped with the whole lockdown thing that you already had something in place? Then you go first. Okay, yeah. So for us, it did and it didn't. Um, because when the mandate came down for California to shut down, it was absolutely no gatherings at all. Um, not even the 10 or less. And so we figured, okay, we can't even record because whenever we record with the system we had on our church campus, there was going to be at least eight, 10, 12 people here. And so originally we were um, really stressed out and trying to figure that out. So we went to our iPhones, all of us had iPhones and we started recording on our iPhones individually. And we had to piecemeal it together through iMovie. Um, to get a service for Sunday. And it just looked really disjointed. It, it, it took us a minute to try to figure things out. Um, and it still hasn't been easy, but now that the restrictions have gone up to 10, 
we are um, that China, that's going to make it easier on us. So now that we can um, meet on our church campus, so they're easing up restrictions now in California. Uh, so I found a loophole. Ah, okay. <laughs> I found a loophole in the California um, restrictions. It's like a twenty-page document that we we actually went through and read page by page. And in that loophole, it says that churches are allowed to meet for recording online streaming systems. Nice. Okay. And they didn't put a limit on it. So I mean, we're not going to have fifty people on campus, but we can we can now record with the eight or ten people that wouldn't be needed. Okay. Okay. And I was just reading today, and as we record this, uh, this is the day after Easter, just for reference point. I was reading in the USA Today that it's talking about how uh, California had really diminished their curve uh, in comparison to other places, especially like New York, uh, and in, in large part because of the early um, draconian measures that were taken um, to make it so it didn't spread as much. So hopefully, and, and we're just kind of chilling here in Tennessee um, until things are, are better and we can uh, drive back across the country. So, um, okay. So, so uh, now you're able to go back to the old system that you're doing uh, and that makes it more nicer. A little easier, a little more um, smoother experience yeah, more. to watch. Yeah. And what about you, Pastor Dan? Well, you know, we, we have a little different situation. We have a, a small church, so we don't have a staff of uh, people doing our media um, although I tried to get you to move up here and you won't. Um, so <laughs> that's okay. Hey, now that the world is closed down and I've got nothing to do, I might take you up on it. I'll work for food. So, you know, being a one man, a one man deal, I, uh, I've had to set everything up. And so we did it. Matter of fact, we streamed before this, just the message because our worship team had not been developed yet. And so it was really not that great. And so, you know, you, and I don't mean to sound mean, it's just, you don't put something out there that doesn't, doesn't sound good. So, um, we just recently hired a worship leader about a month before, uh, this virus hit. So we had not gotten the equipment to stream like we want to. It was very old. So, um, it's kind of, it's kind of thrown us backwards. Although, um, I'm, what I do, I do the same thing that Heather said she was doing at first. I, I record several things and then I piece them together using a movie maker. And then I can use some pre-recorded worship and then my message, uh, just, I just try to be somewhere fun, you know, somewhere different outside or, um, we don't, we don't have a team of 10 to come together that aren't my kids and I'm with my kids right now about 20 hours a day anyhow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so we just do things a little differently, uh, but it has it, it sharpened our tools a little bit so we can we figure out what we can use and what we can't use. And right. uh, there are some cameras that we thought were good that are not, you know, we, we paid, we thought we paid good money several years ago for a good camera and we probably did for several years ago, but now we, we don't. Yeah. The struggle is I don't have a PowerPoint person to, you know, go through. I don't have, you know, a, a pro presenter person to go through. And yeah. Uh, so it's a struggle, but I still think it's important to touch base through a message twice a week with my, with my congregants. Yeah. Yeah. And are they, um, uh, what kind of response are you getting from congregants uh, for both of you? 
Um, I, I imagine it's, you know, you can't just have the ushers count the people in the aisles as you're passing a plate or stand in the back and count heads. How are you able to track your attendance and see what kind of response you're getting? Are you just relying on feedback or just doing what you can and hoping for the best? What I've discovered is I can't, I can't rely on the clicks from Facebook because they, they, they cheat like Baptists. So if you're pregnant, you get two. <laughs> Dan, just to be clear, um, what denomination are you uh, licensed with? I'm Baptist. Baptist. Okay. All right. So before the Baptists get mad at Pastor Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so when a pregnant lady comes in, we count two. Two. Oh, uh, that, that's evangelistic. Evangelistic, right. So what we do is, um, so if you count the clicks on Facebook, they're like, wow, 200 people watched today. And uh, it could have been, you know, Susie can't get her computer to work right, so she watches it seven times to get it through the queue finally right another right speed so we don't do that we do a lot of i phone call my church is small enough i can call all of my church members in a week so i call all of my church members and i touch base with them we have a couple of people who don't have internet uh the older folks that don't they're um not internet savvy they don't really want to be they have a flip phone and a house phone and uh they don't know which one's which yeah uh, so, uh they do. They actually go over to their kids' house, and their kids call it up on there. So, what's happening is our families are getting together to listen to the service uh, differently than they would before, and uh, that's been encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and kind of like what Dan is saying, it's so hard to make an accurate count because you can have a family of mine, which is six in one house, and it's only one viewing. So you can't. We can't accurately get a good understanding of who and how far our reach is. Yeah. And do you have, uh, I mean, for me, when I speak and I'm teaching at CR, so much of it is uh, an interactive thing, even though it's not interactive. I'm reading the response of the people. I'm listening to uh, if they nod or not nod, but if they, you know, mm -hmm or amen or laugh or if it's just dead. And when I'm talking just to a camera, I find it so difficult to, for my pacing is different. Yeah, I get through a lot faster. Uh, there's no, like, well, you can see when somebody goes, oh, I didn't know that. Then you kind of expand a little bit. Right. You, there's no one to do that with. And so, yeah. and, and the worst part of it all is uh, I go home and then my family wants to watch. Well, I don't like watching myself preach. <laughs> I don't know about that. But to watch myself preach, I, I get... I get very, very uncomfortable because I'd be, oh man, I should have said this, or I mm -hmm. should have said this, or my mouth was twisted. And, you know, <laughs> we pay attention to the weirdest things because, I mean, it's not like we're vain, but we want to be clear when we speak and we don't want to be distracting to people. Is that helping you to become a better uh, presenter, though, where you see? Because I, when I was student teaching, I had to, this is old enough that uh, we didn't have video, I had to audio tape myself, and I noticed that I used the phrase and um as a filler and in a five minute me uh, lesson, I said and um 35 times. So it was a, a good tip off to me of things that I was doing goofy. Yeah, it, it does help. Although at this age, goofy just works. Yeah, yeah. You can't tell jokes. You, there's no, you, there's like usually I start every survey with something, some humorous story. And my wife, because she's my cheerleader, she laughs loudly and boisterously, and everybody else will laugh. And uh, there's no laughing. By the <laughs> way, if you want to see some great, you know, just 
the loud and boisterous Faith Paxton. Uh, find Dan on uh, Facebook and uh, you can see the beautiful intonations of one Faith Paxton singing to us. Uh, what song was she serenading us with, Dan? I don't remember. Uh, he Lives. He Lives, yes. And Dan was just sitting there very patiently ignoring everything. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, Heather, what about you for uh, response? Is that difficult not getting response? Yeah, yeah, you know this, Paul. I love and thrive on interaction <laughs> during my messages. And I actually get very upset when people don't interact with me. <laughs> yeah. And so it's hard. And because I am looking to see, like Dan was saying, I'm, I am looking to see, oh, did they get that? Did they not get that? Do I need to expand on that? And so I don't have that opportunity. And so what happens is, is, I do weird things with my face anyways, to begin with. And, and it's even worse when I'm video recording. Cause I'm trying to look at my, I, I want to look at my audience yes. and get a reaction. I'm not getting it. So I have no clue. And then I'm doing weird. It's just awful. It's just awful. Video, video recording is not my forte at all. Um, on Friday, I, I was, have gotten, a, I mean, it's forcing me to, right? Yeah. I was, I was teaching on Friday and I was just doing a quick lesson on, uh, and this again, we're here in Easter week. So I was talking about Good Friday and uh, I couldn't rest until I had a computer in front of me so I could see myself talking and I could see responses from people. I needed to see those little, you know, thumbs up or hearts or crying faces or whatever going by. And, and it just, I needed to have that, that immediate feedback. So for me doing the, the recorded, message is a really difficult thing. Uh, I knew I was going to be coming and, and leaving Ridgecrest for a while and I wouldn't be at CR. And so for a while, I thought about recording my messages, my lessons, uh, so they could just play the videos. And then we decided we better to do live stuff like this. And I'm so glad that we did because just sitting and teaching that lesson live is just awful. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Now, you... Dan, you said you go back and your family wants to watch. Uh, and uh, PH, I know you said you were watching with your family. What is it like watching with your family? Are they like uh, encouraging to you? Or are they like, hey, you really blew that one? Well, you, you know my kids. Well, that's, I know both of your kids. And so I'm, I'm, I'm all of your, your children. So I'm, I'm thinking there's not maybe as much, much support as maybe uh, Franklin Graham would be given to Billy. That's right. <laughs> you got, uh, you got my, my sarcastic kid. Uh huh. Who will take everything I say and twist it? Uh huh. And uh, you have my clueless kid who just thinks that everything I say is truth. Uh huh. Who doesn't worry about it? And then my wife, who's my cheerleader, she'll say, "Oh, that was so awesome." Yeah. That was the awesome. best ever. Uh, yeah, the best ever. And so it, it, you know, and, and I and I am you know sinking in my chair, just kind of watching like this. You know, <laughs> I do this. When I when I speak, I sometimes I speak out of the side of my side mouth. Of mouth. Yes, like yeah. a lot of pastors, right? <laughs> Not both mean, sides. But yes, yeah, so you've got to learn how to speak out of both sides, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, what's it like at your house? Same thing, just a lot of uh, business. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 the same thing. I have to threaten them with their lives first off to get them to sit down and watch it. Okay. But then uh, when they do that, there's so much shenanigans and funny comments. Nothing's constructive. <laughs> yeah. Now, does Kyle like to yell out at the pastor like he does in church? No, he doesn't. Okay. So, so Dan, you've missed out on that. When, uh, when Heather, first time she got up to preach, uh, her husband yells out, it sure is a pretty pastor. <laughs> and so he's usually, usually that guy whose um, filter is not his first thought. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
but it makes it fun and exciting. So yeah. uh, speaking of fun and exciting, I'm going to move us into our, uh, our song of the week this week. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about dealing with this whole virus and all that kind of thing. And one of the songs that's been popping into my head a lot is from Rend Collective, and it's a song called Your Name is Power. So I want to play a little bit of this song, and uh, we'll be back on the other side to talk about it and share our thoughts. Uh, so right now, this is Rend Collective with Your Name is Power. Your name is So that was uh, Ren Collective with Your Name is Power. And uh, uh, PH, is there anything that uh, stood out to you in that song? Yeah, I liked, um, besides the Your Name is Power, right? He talks about uh, the sword, right? And how his sword is what's going to um, help him, defend him, cut through, right? And so when you're, when you're going through it and you use God's word and his name to cut through the evil and the nastiness that's coming at you, it like cuts through like... Like butter, right? It yes. There. Yeah. Like and in and in every fight, not in just some of the fights, not in the big ones where it's like, okay, God, the only thing left that I can do now is pray because I've done everything I can do. You know, no, every single fight, he he's he's our sword in that fight. Yeah. yeah. Anything from you, uh, Pastor Dan? Yeah, you know, here's the deal. As a pastor, uh, I was for the uh, descriptive words of how we can translate who Jesus yeah. is to people. So uh, the chorus, I like the chorus because choruses are yeah. things that you remember first in a song. The uh, talking, He's talking about the name of God and we have so many names for God, but uh, power is one that we don't claim in. We don't, we don't claim a lot of, matter of fact, I just uh, Sunday's message was about claiming the power over what we're, what we're doing. And as a, as a, as a church, there, there, there are name it and claim it churches, and then there's the actual um, churches that that uh, claim those things, but are okay with the sovereignty of God. Because not always right. you claim I'm going to get this, and you get it. I mean, so so uh, power, uh, freedom for captives, mercy for broken, uh, faithful uh, in the battle, glory in the struggle. And, and mighty, all those things are right now are things that we need in our lives because 
I've got people sitting at home alone that have no family, and uh, they need this this kind of encouragement. And as a Christian, as a pastor, I've been, you know, I I you would think these words would come naturally to me, um, but we get we get wrapped up in the business of doing church that we forget mm-hmm. that we have to claim those power too. Uh, when we were struck with, oh, you can't meet this weekend, um, my first thought was panic and, oh, my word, we're going to financially go in, we're going to close. We can't do this. And uh, it's been, it, it, so it was, it was a struggle to, to, to understand all those things. Why is, if God's in control, um, <laughs> why am I having to apply for unemployment? <laughs> you know, and so uh, those are kind of, and it might be for such a time as this, um, I need to do that because, you know, the job I was working um, is not there. So, but I was being effective in the, in the job I was working as far as a witness. So uh, it works, it works for people who are in big churches and small churches there. I know pastors who are big churches that are, and I say big churches, they have, you know, 1500 people um, that are having the same struggles that I'm having right now because they pay a staff that, that, has to minister to 1,500 people. I don't, I don't have that. So really the only person that it affects is me yeah. and my, my worship. Uh, yeah, and for me, I, I always like, I tend to go to that, that chorus as well. And I look at the mercy for the broken and the hopeless because um, I've been in that, that broken and hopeless uh, area so frequently. And that's where my ministry tends to focus is on people who are broken and who have been hopeless. And we find hopeless people so much. And that's what what my paycheck is, is showing them that hope. Um, and it's so much better than money in a bank account. When you see joy and redemption in someone's life, um, it's just an amazing thing. So yeah, I love that. And now I'm going to be the guy who coughs on uh, the microphone. So um, uh, I'm going to throw to uh, to you guys and talk a little bit about the uh, the life with the lock-in and how do you meet those needs of the people? Dan, you said you were able to call your people, but how are you guys meeting individual needs or small group needs of, of, of not, not like small groups with quotes, you know, that churches have, but like groups of smaller people. How are you meeting needs of, of the, your parishioners, your, your flock? Well, well, here's some of the things that we're doing is, um, like I said, I call everybody uh, weekly. But uh, we, and I know that there are certain things we can and cannot do as, as people. We're not to get together socially. We're not to uh, do those things. But I went to one of our ladies who doesn't have internet, and I arranged to get her internet set up so she could watch the service. So the one who I'm really concerned about uh, now has internet and Facebook, and so she can, you know, communicate with everybody else before she couldn't. And, um, and, and, you know, my people see, I think you know who it is. And so, um, one of those, uh, so that's like one area. And then we did something, uh, a week ago, I taught my kids. And if you remember when, when I was a kid, even before you're the oldest one in the room, Dan, um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, yeah, (laughs) I I appreciate that. (laughs) We, we, used oh, yeah. to, we used yeah. to ding dong ditch. You remember ding dong? Well, we decided that we would go uh, get Sherry's pies for everybody in our church, and uh, a roll of toilet paper and some hand sanitizer, and 
We put it in a bag, and then my family and I, we got in our minivan, and we went around. Oh, my goodness. Members, and we ding-dong ditched. <clears throat> and we got on the porch with a note, and then we waved to them as we drove away and just, you know, ministered to it because, uh, and, I, and that's not my idea. Somebody gave it to me, and uh, nothing new under the sun, of course. But, uh, but it really worked because that afternoon, instead of me calling them, they called me. Oh, nice. And we had conversations. And, uh, and people who are normally not soft said, you know, it just made me cry because yeah. it means you love us as a church. So if you can communicate that you love your, your family, your church family, you know, then I think that, yeah. that is the effective part. Yeah. Of what about you, PH? Yeah, I know that. Um, so before this all hit, we had about roughly um, 30 small groups running in our church. And uh, we are now down to about eight and mm. they're meeting on zoom. Most of them are meeting in Google Hangouts or zoom weekly. And the ones who are still meeting are doing really well. You know, we're trying to reach out to those groups that have stopped just all together and, and trying to give them the resources of, Hey, listen, it's not that hard to host a zoom meeting. It's not that hard to do and trying to teach them. There's some resistance to that. Um, it's typically our, our, um, our middle age and younger crowd that is using our, our technical resources. Um, so we do still have some small groups meeting, uh, our, like our youth group talking about what pastor Dan did with his adults. Our youth group did that with our, our high school and youth or youth kids. And with, um, uh, with our elementary age kids, we have continuously put resources online, um, videos online, teaching, whatever, but we also put together Easter bags for them and deliver them. So we're trying to, to, and they would drive by, they would drive by the church to pick it up. Um, so we are, we're trying to reach people. We, we've definitely upped our social media game for mm -hmm. sure. Like our social media game was nothing compared to now where all of my, all of my teams are posting three to four times a day. They're posting resources, live videos are excellent. That's a lot more engaging than just a post. Um, we're doing daily devotionals. My worship team, um, some of them are taking the time to do daily worship, like a worship song. So, and then the phone calls and text messages that we were trying to do also. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, <clears throat> I know this doesn't affect us as much in Ridgecrest, um, but uh, Pastor Dan, the job that you were doing, because uh, you're bivocational, um, before all this happened, you were working uh, in and around the homeless community in Portland, which has got a large... Do, do you have an estimate on how much that the homeless community is in Portland, Dan? I don't know the numbers. It's uh, up in 30s and thousands, okay. 30s um, thousands. Do you have any kind of a sense of how it's affecting um, the homeless community there in Portland? I know my daughter said in Hilo, the thing that she noticed with all the businesses being closed, those business owners aren't rousting out the homeless people. So the homeless people are able to come and, and shelter under the awnings of the buildings. And she says she's seen a whole lot more congregations of homeless people, which worried her because she said, you know, they're going to be at risk because they're, you know, congregating and whatnot. Do you have any, any sense of what's happening in Portland with the homeless community? Yeah, policy. They, they just, they just implemented a policy as it began. They're not moving homeless people. Um, because first of all, what you're doing is you're moving an infection from one person, one place to another place. So they would rather have them stay in one place until this passes 
and then go in and give them the, the you know whatever they need now there's still ministries in uh, in homeless they're homeless ministries in portland that are going around delivering food they're um doing health checks they're doing those kind of things um it, 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 it's kind of frustrating um because you want to help but yet you, you're not really you're putting yourself at risk mm-hmm. and others at risk by gathering together you can't pull a truck up, a cafeteria truck right. anymore, open the door because everybody comes in and wants to congregate food. So we, yeah, they get interested. They, they bag things and they drop them off and go on. There's no real communication. So there's not really, it's, it's, uh, it's a ministry like we've never seen because you have to provide a need and not say anything except we love you and go on. You know, you can't stick around and, and have a one-on-one conversation with these guys. So not that the city did that, but as ministers, we, we have um, outreach, points of outreach yeah. where we can- How has CityServe um, been affected by this PH? Do you have any feeling on that? Yeah, yeah so CityServe is our, um, our resource for, for handing out different things to our community, such as it could be diapers, it could be, um, hygiene products, food, dog food, cat food, whatever it is. Um, and so these items are donated to us as a church and then we outsource it to whoever needs it. And so we've gotten, um, we got one massive U-Haul last week and we have a, a ton of resources that we've been able to bless our community with. Um, but like what, what Pastor Dan is saying, it's no longer what it used to look like. We'd hand off a box of diapers and minister to them and, and pray with them and invite them to church or ask them, you know, hey, have you accepted Jesus? Is we can't have those conversations. It sucks, but sorry. Um, but it, it, I mean, it, it is what it is, right? It's just because now it's a, they call us, hey, we need a bag of diapers and we drop it off on their porch. Yeah. Okay. But so at least we know that we're still ministering. So you're, you're able to do some of that distribution. How, do, how are they getting a hold of you? Is it people who are, um, have already been served by the ministry that know to contact you or just calls mm-hmm. into the church and you? No, uh, and of course we have um, a small percentage of people that know about this resource, but we put it out in social media and by word of mouth now. So we have people we've never talked to, never seen before. A lot, a lot. Like our request for help has gone up up 100% since this started um, because our community has lost so many jobs. Yeah. And so um, we are. they're calling the church and, and every day we're ministering to those people. And then two ministries that I know that uh, you guys each participate in uh, individually um, and and are affected with, and I'm just curious if you know anything about how this whole worldwide pandemic is affecting them. Uh, Pastor Dan, you do um, uh, kids from other, I forget what they call them now, Um, your kids that come from other countries to go to school. Exchange students, yeah. How has this affected the exchange students? Are they here? Were they here when the lockdown happened and now they're just locked in or? Well, it's funny, we we just had this conversation last week because Vietnam, we have one from Vietnam and we have one from Japan. Um, We have one from Japan that uh, at our school, parents decided, you know, if we're gonna go online classes, we'll just bring them home and they can do the online classes since there's no graduation. We'll just do it from home and he can finish here, which takes the whole exchange thing out of the, the picture. 
But right now, socially, they can't do anything. They can't go see things. They can't, all the parks are closed. All the, you know, you can't even want to see a kayak right now here. So uh, it makes sense to go home. Now, my students, I have one from Vietnam, and there's a travel ban. He can't even go back to Vietnam yet. So he, he's here, here till summer, and then he wants to come back in the fall. And our kid from Japan decided that he liked staying here. Now, the reason, the reason they're staying, and I think this is, this is where um, this situation has improved our household. Now, you've been in our house, Paul. You know, my kids get their phone. Becca goes to her room. Trevor goes to his room. Daniel goes to his room. And <laughs> Dylan is just Dylan. <clears throat> and so we have two exchange students that are older teens, and they go to their room, and they're on their phone. Well, we have been every night making them get off their phone mm. and come down and play a family game. Liars dies or something. And, uh, <laughs> and we're much better at lying than you are. So, so uh, But yeah, I don't yeah, win. My kids win, which scares me all the time. But, uh, but it's, it's added a new, a new dynamic to our house that we didn't have before. And, uh, and we can blame it on the pandemic, but the, and I say blame it on the pandemic because as a pastor, as a pastor, I try to be really sensitive to not my kids to be spiritual because I can't choose to be spiritual for them. I can't choose for them to have the spiritual shape they have. So I'm getting to see, um, them in their own element to try to lead as a person, because, you know, we all, like I said, I was working two jobs and. And saw them for a couple hours at night. So, Which might be plenty uh, for Dan and Now Trevor. we're seeing like a... <laughs> it is. But, uh, but, you know, we did a, we did a, you know, like a food, uh, food network chopped game at our house. And um, one of the things we did, uh, my wife on Monday, Thursday said, let's do something different. And we did a, uh, uh, a journey to the cross with candles around the table and uh, it was just really great to hear all of our kids reading scripture together uh, individually, you know, and then blew out a candle. And then we had a bonfire afterwards. And uh, it's, been, it's been really good for us because, uh, like I said, I didn't force them to do things they don't want to do. Uh, but this kind of, uh, they're, I think they're, they're getting enough alone time yeah. that they actually PH, enjoy. PH, uh, you're involved with you. I mean, when did you get back from Turkey? Uh, for people that don't know, uh, Pastor Heather went to Turkey for Project Exodus in January? February. February. Uh, so you got back to the States when? March 5th. Mercy. Okay, so right ahead of all this. Yes. How is this affecting those places? Do you know how it's affecting those places that you visited, those camps and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been in contact with uh, some of our Iranian contacts and our, our Turkish yeah. contacts. And what's happening over there is it's a, um, a dictatorship leadership. And so um, very, very few people are getting tested. And what you have is in the last five years, five million refugees coming to Turkey. None of them have resources. None of them have any income. They're all, in, I mean, I mean, it's, it's rough. And so what's happening is, is the numbers that are being reported are extremely low compared to what's actually happening. And so from my friends who are seeing it on the streets in Turkey, they're telling us that it's, um, it's devastating and that the, the, um, it's widespread and devastating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
that's that's rough and uh and growing not yes slowing down no yeah yeah that's that's but we don't see that because the numbers that are being reported are very extremely low right yeah yeah and um yeah it's just always seems like this is going to be a situation that gets worse before it gets better um and certainly nothing like we've uh you know none of you had any classes in your pastoring education about here's what to do i, I love the thing that uh, uh ph you put up uh, a thing that you reposted says uh you know please give me some grace i've never pastored during a pandemic before um so uh i i thought yeah that's that's spot on none of us have done this and i've been the thing i think i've been really uh pleased with the most is to watch people's come togetherness. Um, it's funny because I mentioned earlier, you guys are two of my favorite humans. Neither of you are known as huggers per se, um, but um, Heather, I love what you said. You know, after this is done, people are getting hugs. Um, yeah. It's just that. And for me, as the social person that I am, it's a nightmare to be. Mm. I have to tell you, I, irony. I preached on the Holy Kiss, welcoming with a Holy Kiss, two weeks before this happened. So you started it. It was you. Uh, and I have a theory that it was my, my Los Angeles Kings. We won uh, eight games in a row, and then they shut down the world. Um, so I, I think it was our fault. Well, listen, guys, um, this has really been a, uh, a big joy uh, for me to do. And um, I really appreciate you both being here to do this for me. Uh, any final information you guys want to give out for people who might uh, to check out your online services or whatever? No, I, here's what I, here, I do want to say. <laughs> I do want to say, that, um, you know, we struggled with Easter because Easter, I don't know about Heather, but you put a lot of money you put a lot of work in having this great Easter service. And it's pointed out to me that on Easter morning, the people who had the best relationship with Jesus were in groups of two and one and three. Mm -hmm. He didn't appear to 500 until much later. So the fact that that happened and that was that intimate on Easter, it fed the ability to be yeah. intimate with your family on Easter. Oh, it, 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 it worked. And, you know, I wouldn't say that, um, look, how many people that are CEOs, you know, Christmas and Easter only members, they come, how many come after Easter? We spend yeah. a lot of money, right, Heather? We spend a lot of money to get, thinking we're gonna get, a, we're gonna get at least five families. And sometimes, late, of late, we don't get one. It's just, it's, it, but they're coming, they'll, they'll hear the message on Easter, but you wonder if they would hear it even if you didn't put all that money into it. You just put your heart into it. So you, you really do have to rethink from now on. I mean, it's going to change. Yeah, I, and I agree with Dan. So like, I mean, I can, yeah, I can appreciate the, the plug, Paul, that you're giving us to have people contact us and look at us like on the social media platforms and whatnot. But I, I mean, I want to put out there the same exact same thing that Dan did. We literally, literally would spend obscene amounts of money for Easter trying to reach out to our community in unique and creative ways. And here God gave us this chance to be the most creative we have ever <laughs> been on Easter Sunday for free. Yeah, yeah. For free. Yeah. 
stop it. Like, so listen, I believe 100% that God is doing a new thing, that he is doing good works, that he is using us um, and making us get outside of our comfort zone. So if there's another pastor out there listening, be comforted by the fact, take this chance to do something that you've never done before. And if you fail, who cares? No one cares at this time. Yeah, they can't throw right. stuff at you right now. Right. So take this chance. And we took a big leap for Easter Sunday. And I, I think that God blessed us on that. So yeah. I want to encourage people, don't give up, don't lose your faith. You know, God is our almighty redeemer, our savior, our everything. Just stick with that. Yeah. Um, and just so the people can know, it's uh, Redemption Church, uh, redemptionoc.org, Dan, for you guys. And then rcachurch.com. Uh, for you, Heather, and people can follow on Facebook the same, look for those same uh, searching areas and you'll be able to find and see stuff. Um, I watched uh, Heather's message on Easter Sunday from ours and it was, like Heather said, it was it's the most creative thing I've, I've seen our church ever do. It was absolutely, uh, I, was, I was really, uh, really impressed and proud to be uh, a member there. Um, so check that out. Uh, also, uh, just uh, in closing, here's some things for you to check out. Don't forget to look up uh, all the stuff for Mess It Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, go to our uh, Reddit um, subreddit there at Messed Up Ministries. Uh, please, uh, if you would like to uh, have something to read while you're locked in here, I'd love to have you go check out the book. It's on Amazon right now. Uh, look for it and see if it's on Apple yet. Uh, and in paperback, uh, but it's called Still in Beta, God's Still Working on Me is the subtitle, um, and uh, it's Paul Pippen, P-I-P-P-E-N. If you search for those terms, you should be able to find it, and uh, I tried to make it cheap enough that everyone could afford it and give one to a friend, um, and don't just read half the book and get annoyed with me and put it down and think that I'm a big jerk because, uh, like the title says, God's still working on me, and so read through to the end, and, and hopefully you'll be blessed. Um, because it was um, it was a blessing to be able to write it, and I'd love to have you uh, be able to uh, read and share that. If you become a patron, uh, you get a free copy of it. Uh, so maybe check out our uh, Patreon page at patreon.com slash messed up ministry, or mess it up, patreon.com slash mess it up, and Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, um, or you could just go to messituppodcast.com and click on the become a patron button and, and you'll get all the information there. Working on an audio version for those of you who like to listen. Um, but thanks for uh, being along for the ride. Thank you for uh, messing it up with us. Pastor Heather, Pastor Dan, uh, thank you. I, I need to get together with you and have a cup of uh, Zoom coffee at some point. Um, but it was good to see your faces. Good to see you. Thank you so much. All right, guys. All right, we'll see you next time we mess it up. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.